This talk was given at the Change Now Summit that took place in Paris in May 2022. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. It's Excellent. such a beautiful day here in Paris. And look at what is behind us. It's a good day. I'm feeling good. Excellent news. Um, <laughs> so we'll get down to brass tacks straight away. You're quite famous. Um, you're quite well known. People know who you are. But a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people say nowadays that, that youth activism and, and change makers, the reason they get into it is because of the fame. Like, so what, what do you have to say about that? For those of you that do not know who I am, because there are so many people still, um, <laughs> I started when I was 12 years old in Bali together with my 10-year-old sister. And when we started, we had absolutely no idea what the word change maker or activist even meant. We had, it just, what we wanted to achieve was change in our island home of Bali. And I think that this is, you know, that was the goal. The goal wasn't to be sitting here in Paris in front of all of you 10 years later or to make it onto CNN or Times. That, those were just celebrations and moments that happened. But still, the persistence and the commitment of change in our home island was the core of what we do. And I think a lot of young people have that same source. Of course, it's not always the same for every young person, but I, I think that looking back, if you know why you're getting involved in the first place and if your intention is pure, you can keep going for almost 10 years. That's what I've been doing. But if you do it for the wrong reasons, for Instagram followers or to get into the right university, because you're starting from a place uh, of, with the wrong intentions, you burn out so much faster. And so I think that, um, yeah, young people today, the ones who are doing it for the long run are doing it from a place of really pure intention, and that's the beauty of our generation as well. I do not think we do it from a place of politics or ego or greed. Definitely not money-driven intentions, because let me tell you, there is no little money in change-making. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I definitely think that young people lead by example and get, are driven by the challenges and the changes we want to see in our community that are currently not taking place. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, so I, I work with a lot of young people. I'm also involved with um, Kids Against Plastic. And I often go to their meetings and I see these wonderful young people sitting there and not, not one of them is thinking mm. about Instagram, not one of them. So when I hear these criticisms I angled at, at youth activists, it, like, it, it makes me angry because there's very little, like, more pure than like a child's intention of doing good. Yeah. And I mean, I think also one thing that I want to say, uh, you, for those of you that were in the room earlier, you saw Memory on, on, on the screen. Memory and I met through the filming of Bigger Than Us, which is a film that we uh, showed here last night as well. It was a journey where I was 18 years old and I traveled the world to meet other young change makers. And Memory was uh, in one, but I'm quoting Mary, um, where she says, you know, us young people, none of us should be here. None of us should be skipping school. None of us need to be going and taking our governments to court. Why? Why are we here? And I think now we see young people getting involved at a younger and younger age, again, because we feel the frustration that change is happening too slowly. And we're fueled with the possibilities. There's so much hope in the movement and the generation that we're from. 
It's absolutely true. You know, you see kids as young as you know, seven, eight, like out there trying to make a difference. And I remember my daughter saying to me um, back on March 25th, Daddy, can, can we go to the climate? Can we go to the, the march? I was, yes, of course we can. <laughs> and it wasn't because she didn't want to go to school, because the day before was my birthday and she refused to take the day off. So, mm. you know, it was from that pure intention. Um, but I'd like to know a little bit more about your journey. So from this inspirational 12-year-old, oh, you're such an inspiration, you're so yeah. brilliant, to full-time change maker. <clears throat> like, tell us a bit about that journey. So when I started at 12 years old, believe it or not, I was the kid in the back of the classroom, hoping the teacher would not pick me to present at the classroom presentation. Um, but when I, when I start, decided with my sister to do Bye Bye Plastic Bags, it was because I suddenly stepped into this feeling and this vision that was bigger than one person or one one idea. And um, quickly, you know, yes, we were greeted at the very beginning. I mean, imagine two little girls from Bali, 10 and 12 years old, super strong and very serious about the vision. We were met with exactly that um, reaction of, oh, so cute, keep on going. But you know, that wasn't really what we were going for. So we kept coming up, we kept showing up, we were hosting meetings, we were drafting uh, letters and um, petitions to our governments. And that journey really showed me as well that what we have to walk our talk and you know who do we turn to as young people if not now when if not us who and that was something i learned very early on and today being 21 and claiming myself to be a full-time change maker uh, is really how i feel for me as well was the natural next step um, to keep on going and to help more young people feel like they can be change makers too you mentioned that you know if not us who um mm -hmm. And something that I find ri ridiculously inspirational is watching, you know, younger children learn from, you know, slightly older change makers. You know, I, I've mentioned my daughter before. I watch her when she comes out of the, the Cap Connects and she's just like, Daddy this and Daddy that. And like <laughs> all of these things that I, I, you know, I would happily tell her, but it, it doesn't have the same connection coming from a 38-year-old bald bearded guy saying it as, as it does coming from somebody the same age or, or a bit older. So, so what can we get from peer-to-peer -peer education and, and what is peer-to-peer -peer education? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the way I'm going to answer this question is by introducing you to my new project, Youthtopia. After nearly 10 years on the front lines with Bye Bye Plastic Bags, I spent more time in other students' classrooms than in my own classroom. And whenever I shared the story of Bye Bye Plastic Bags, I always got the same question no matter where I was in the world, whether I was here in, in Paris at the high school or in New York City, Tokyo, or in the Maluku Islands in Indonesia. And that number one question was always, how can I do? what you do. How can I, as a young person, create change too? That's for me where I feel now that, that new passion grow and what Utopia is all about. We've created a learning platform online for young people to learn how to create change, but from other young people, so the same age. And that is peer-to-peer -peer learning. That's what we're trying to create through our over 100 programs on change making uh, on the platform. And I think I saw that power because uh, when I was standing on stage in front of students, they saw themselves in me. They sat a little bit closer on the edge of their seat and they said, if she can do it, I can do it too. 
And that's the power of peer-to-peer. -peer. They, they find some sort of, um, they can relate to it. And especially when we're talking about things like the climate crisis, it can feel so overwhelming, so lost, we don't know where to start. But if you can find something to hold on to, something that you can relate to, see someone your age taking action, suddenly you can feel like you're taking action too. That's so a great point. And, and something like kind of related to that, you know, a lot of people will see you and they'll be like, wow, so inspirational, she's brilliant, you know, she can do that. I want to make change, but I don't want to be on a stage in mm. front of people, in front of the Eiffel Tower. I, I'm not comfortable in doing that. Like, so how can we make it more inclusive and, and find these other roles for, for people who don't want to be out there shouting and screaming, but they do want to make change? For sure. Let me just say, public speaking is a skill that you can learn. It's something that I do every day. Uh, if you want, take our Utopia Masterclass on public speaking, just a little plug. But I recognize and appreciate your question as well, because there is not one way to be a change maker. You don't have to start your own thing. You don't have to be a founder. You don't have to join a protest if that's not how you would like to create change. Are you a researcher? Are you a writer? Do you play the guitar? Can you write a song and move people through music? Find whatever it is that you are good at and contribute those unique skills to the movement because we need each and every one of us. No matter how old you are or where you come from, we all have a role to play. And one thing that we do at Utopia is try and bring all these different role models and these different change makers in one place. We have a circle of youth network. Um, but I want to interact with you. How many of you know Greta Thunberg? Raise your hands. Up high so I can see them on stage. Okay, keep your hands up if you know Mohamed Aljunde. Keep your hands up if you know Rehan Kamalova. Keep your hands up if you know, shout out to Amy Meek. She's in the audience, meet her, get to know her. This is the point though, right? That we all know a handful of change makers, but not enough. And that also limits our perception of how we view change making today. We have to celebrate each and every one of us who are creating change in the different ways so that all the young people around the world feel like they can see the role model that fits their passion and their skill set. Exactly that. So yeah, it isn't just, you know, the same person everybody's aiming to be. There is such a diverse range of change makers that do all need to be celebrated. And, and thanks to Utopia, it makes it an awful lot easier. Um, so talking about the, these wonderful young people, um, I want to look at something that you talked about in, in one of your, your TED talks about youth washing. Hmm. Um, something that is a massive issue. You know, we, we all know about greenwashing, you know. What is youth washing and what can we do about it? Yes, youth washing. This is something that I've seen develop from age 12 to 21 and even more now. So what youth washing is, is when companies or government officials invite young people for a one-time engagement, come on stage and be our inspiration, uh, or come and do a photo opportunity. And after the applause and standing ovation and pictures gone viral, what next? It's left to a very superficial, surface-level interaction with young people. And it's also coming from a place where actually governments and um, corporates sometimes don't know where and how to engage with young people in a meaningful way. And that's something that we've taken upon us at Utopia to build a program for companies and for governments to be able to understand what exactly young people want and how to engage with them in a meaningful way. So that's something that we're really proud of, of spearheading and making sure that we're preventing youth washing because when we think about sustainability, it has to be long-term and it has to be sustainable and also how we engage and interact with each other. 
to just answer the next question immediately. That was brilliant. Um, so I'm not particularly youthful. No matter how much my wife tells me I behave like a 12-year-old all the time, I, I am actually 38. I know I don't look it. It's, it's okay. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but what can we do? The older generation who, who we do care. You know, everybody here cares. We, that's why we're here. So what can we do to help support young people to help Get them a seat at the table. I think there's a lot of different roles. I mean, you know, first and foremost, you're creating the space here today, and I'm really excited to listen to the other speakers as well. But creating space for young people, listening to them, reach out. Get involved with the young people in you, where you are locally from and ask what is it that they need help with? Is it funding? Is it researching skills? Again, there are so many different ways that we can contribute and it's about reaching out and making yourself known that you're a supporter to the youth groups around you. But actually, I'm curious because you also spend a lot of time with students. What do you feel is the best way um, to, to create that space? I think for me, it's, you know, it's, so I work in the English language teaching environment. Um, so what I try and do is, is engage people with the environment through English. You know, I, I live in Spain, so you know, the level of English is not 100%. And, and with you know, English being the language of protest, English being the language of climate change, I, I know obviously it isn't, um, I find that that's a great kind of way to link students to help empower them and show them, look, you can find your voice. You can do it in your own language. Please do do mm. it in your own language. You know, that's absolutely vital. You need to spread the word to people as well. But also you can get out there and you can, you can do it in English as well. And you, yeah. can, you can be seen and you can be heard and, and you can make your voice heard in that way. Yeah, I think language is such a powerful tool as well. Shout out to Sofia Kiani. If you haven't heard of her, she's an incredible change maker, also part of Youthopia. Uh, she spoke yesterday uh, on stage here at Change Now and talked about exactly, you know, language. We have to make it accessible. Not everybody speaks English, for example. Not everybody speaks the six recognized languages of the United Nations. So how do we make that accessible? And again, creating that space, engaging in all the different localized solutions and localized approaches are really important. I'm really glad you talk about this localized solution. So what I often do with, with my students and also the teachers that I work <coughs> with, um, because you know, education has a huge role in, in, in change making. Um, and it's all about finding that passion, you know, finding that one thing. Because you, know, you mentioned Greta and people look and think, I want to do that. But we can't all do that. You know, <coughs> so I, this idea of finding a passion and finding that that local solution. So what would you do if, what would you suggest somebody do if they want to start in change making? Oh, there's so many ways and so many things that I could share. Um, I think the first tip of advice that I always try and, and give to young people who want to start their journey as a change maker is first, be clear on the type of change you want to achieve. And try and think really strongly, what is that clear vision? What is the end goal that you want to achieve? What's the world? that you want to live in. Imagine if we just ended our first organization as bye-bye all single-use plastic. Well, we'd be on a very long journey still today. But we were specific in the type of change we wanted to achieve. Bye-bye plastic bags. And the clearer you are with your end goal, the easier it is to build momentum, the easier it is to convince people and bring them on board to take that first step towards change. So tip number one, get clear in the type of change you want to achieve. Tip number two, no matter how good of a leader you think you are or how good your idea is, you cannot do it on your own. You need to have a team around you. 
how do you build a team? There's a lot longer, of course, uh, available on Utopia, but for today, look to your peers, your best friends. I started the first campaign with my sister, and together we started building a team of other young people from different school networks, our friends, new friends that we met from other schools, but build your team. And tip number three, have fun. I feel how you, I, the audience was like, okay, what's, what's tip number three? <laughs> have fun. It's that simple. Sometimes I feel like we forget to talk about having fun because sometimes when I'm on stage, it's such a serious conversation, but I love the audience that changed now because we see that through creativity and through inviting narratives, we're able to excite and invite everybody to take action. So make sure that you're serious about change, but you are holding on to the creativity and the unique skill sets that your generation, our generation has. I think that's so important, that idea of having fun and, and not letting the, the eco-anxiety take mm. over. I, I know that Clover Hogan's speaking about it currently I know. On, on a different stage, <laughs> so um, thanks for coming here. Um, <laughs> but that idea of, of turning this anxiety into agency is something I see a lot, again, I mentioned the Connect again, the Cap Connect. There's, there's a young lady called Inaya, and she, she's 12, and, and everybody always says, you know, what do you do about this anxiety? And she says, I turn it to action. Mm. You know, so that idea of, of taking it and having fun with it and, and growing with it is, is so important. Now, I do have another question. Bye-bye plastic bags. Brilliant. So, Bali, bye-bye plastic bags. You know, Rwanda, bye-bye plastic bags. The UK, hello, plastic bags. <laughs> They're still there. What can we do to, you know, release this grip? You know, obviously, supermarket chains make an enormous amount of money out of plastic bags. You know, it's a, it's a huge business now. You know, they, they don't say to you, would you like to buy a plastic bag? They say, do you need a plastic bag or do you want a plastic mm. bag? So what can we do to say bye-bye to plastic bags in other places? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the timer. I have like two minutes to explain this. So in short, and again, <laughs> reach out to Amy Meek, especially in the UK, Kids Against Plastic. Um, but from my experience, this question can be answered in two parts. Of course, the individual action, and secondly, the systemic changes. I think there's so much power in asking the question in the first place. In Bali, we did not ever have that uh, choice of, hey, do you want a plastic bag? I think individually, that question already makes you think, hang on a second, do I really want a plastic bag? So there's a lot of psychological guilt already from asking the question in the first place, that you are individually reminded of the power you have to say no and to bring your own bag. But we cannot rest the responsibility only on the individuals. So I think the systemic change is really important and it's about building momentum, showing the numbers that people are ready for change and convincing large supermarket chains or government, local government, that this is something that is wanted and needed. So I think it's all about the momentum. We were really lucky in Bali that, you know, it wasn't just bye-bye plastic bags. There were so many like-minded organizations. Every year we had an event where we pulled together over 12,000 people coming in one day to clean up locally where they are from. And that momentum showed governments that they cannot say people are not ready anymore. We are, here we are, and we want change. That is absolutely incredible. Now, we do have one minute left, okay? So I'm gonna ask you one more question, but you might have to speak really, really fast. Okay. Okay. Um, Utopia. How, how did that come to you? How did you have that idea? Like, what was the inspiration behind that? Oh, okay, so here's my rapping voice. Um, 
Utopia came from that question that I kept getting of how can I do what you do. But on a more personal level, I wish I had a platform like Utopia when I was 12 years old. I mean, how cool would it have been when I was 12 to just pick up the phone and call Mohammed or call Mary or call Memory and say, hey, what do you think about this campaign? And learn from them about how to keep going and how to create change. So Utopia is from a 21-year-old building it for 12-year-old Malati and all the other 12-year-olds out in the world. This talk took place at the Change Now Summit in Paris in May 2022. You can learn more about the Change Now Summit, a yearly gathering of innovations for the planet, at this website, www.changenow.world. That's www.changenow.world. This recording was contributed by members of our Global Presencing community. Learn more about our tools, our methods and programs for systems change at presencing.org.